Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a God Shift podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for joining us here today. So before we get started, I have a favor to ask of you. So wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, I would love for you to take a screenshot. So whether it's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, take a screenshot and post it on your social media. When you do that, I would love if you would tag us here at A God Shift and then just give us your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. I do that not because I really care so much about the downloads. Until last week, I didn't even know how many downloads the show even had, but I do it because I believe that the more people that hear these messages, that hear these stories, the more people can realize that when they are going through something, that there is hope on the other side of it and that they actually have everything that they need in order to shift things in their lives. So again, thank you so much in advance for sharing this episode. All right. Well, I am going to read my guest bio. I am excited about this conversation. I know it's going to be a good one because I was on the other side of the microphone about three or four weeks ago for his show. And I know that this is going to be a good conversation. So here we go. My guest today is a strategic coach, author, and host of Seek, Go, Create, a podcast and YouTube interview show. He has worked in the areas of leadership, business, and ministry for almost 40 years. He was the guy that looked like he had it all, the big house in a country club resort, two businesses valued at over a million dollars each, plus over $15 million in real estate. But in 2008, the real estate markets crashed. After a slow and painful erosion of his companies, he and his wife were bankrupt and homeless living out of their Honda van by 2013. Fast forward today, He and his wife are still homeless, but they consider themselves essential nomads. They live, travel, and work in their 39-foot motorhome while enjoying the best locations North America has to offer. Through this journey, he is convinced that we must redefine success in order to live our best life. This topic is what he has explored with his guests on the Seek, Go, Create podcast since 2019. His inspirational novel titled Coach, A Story of Success Redefined, released in May of 2022. Welcome to the show, Tim Winders. Great to be here, Shana. Good to talk again. It is good to talk. So I want to give a little bit of context for the conversation, because when people hear a God shift, they're intrigued by the sound of it. But if we're being honest, no one really knows what that is until I tell them. So my definition of a God shift is the moment that we ditch disruption or delay in our life, collide with God's purpose and move us into a greater destiny. And I think that most people, Tim, like they know what they've been promised, but they get frustrated that it hasn't happened yet. And I believe that one of the ways that we partner with God along this God shift process is by using our kingdom authority, which is what we're going to talk about today. But I always start the show off by asking the guests, what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? 
You know, that's a great question, Shana, because, and I'm, I'm going to give just a little bit of layer to it. So it, my answer makes sense. So it's not a quick response. I spent three years studying the kingdom of God when I was finishing up Bible school. And the Lord said, what did I always say to seek first? And I go, oh, I think I know the answer. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. And I think what we do often is we get that verse kind of flipped around, especially in our modern Americanized, you know, first world culture. We seek the things. And then after we get the things and all that, then we kind of go after, you know, God's kingdom. But I, I studied, I looked at every scripture that referenced kingdom of God. And the way I define kingdom of God for me is this anywhere God is allowed to rule and reign, emphasis on the word allowed. I think sometimes we push God aside. And so kingdom authority to me is allowing God to rule and reign in all areas of my life, my finance, my business, my my relationship with my wife, my health, because I think many times we segment. And uh, so I would say, I don't know if that's the exact thing you're looking for, but that would be how I define kingdom authority for me. I like that, you know, you describe it as I, when you were talking, I, I literally saw the visual of someone jump, jumping tandem style out of an airplane because you said, you know, where God is allowed. So it's like you're going together, but you have to make the decision to allow him to be at the forefront. I often say it's God's power. It's our authority. Like, you know, without yeah. the power that he gives us, we would have no authority but there's a it's a it's a give and take. It's a relationship. I often say that when have you ever participated in any type of project or been in any relationship where it was the sole responsibility of one person to do everything? It just doesn't happen. Yet we do God like that. You know, we're like, oh, he's powerful and he knows it all and he can do it all. So I'm just going to sit back and let him know it all and let him do it all. And he goes, no, I can't, you know, you can't do it without me, but I'm not going to do it without you. And so when I think about authority, I think about exactly what you said is that we recognize that he is the head. We recognize that he's all of the wonderful things that he is, but we have to allow him to rule in our lives, but then there's things that we have to do as well. I love that, you know, you're kind of, um, um, I can't think of the word that I'm just staking the ground is, you know, redefining success. And so when I, when I think about you as somebody who exercises kingdom authority, that in your own story, you had to say, you know, like, what does success look like now seeking God to see what it is that he would have me to be and do next but then there's actually some things, you know, that I have to do. So can you think of a time or a way that you've actually utilized walking in authority in order to get where you are? Yeah, I think I think to answer that, I need to give you a time that I didn't, that I learned from it. And then I stepped into that authority because if I go back to 2008, it's part of our, it's a big part of our journey, Shana, was we were doing extremely well. You would have looked at the way we were living, where we were living, our businesses, all of those things and said, wow, this guy is doing really, really well. But yet here's the thing I learned. I was really not operating and utilizing God's authority. Here's what I did. I was pretty good in business. Thought I was a pretty smart guy, and God would give me divine ideas. I know He did, but what I would do is He would give me things, and I didn't say this, but this is what my actions did. I would say, God, 
I got this. You could go do something else. Go help Shana with something or go, go work with somebody else. I got this and I'll go out and do it on my own control and my own power. Mm. And so over the course of the shift for me, a lot of it wasn't, it wasn't me necessarily stepping into that shift, that God shift. It was God using an opportunity and then kind of forcing me to make a shift, which the shift was this. And God actually spoke this to me. He says, Hey, I'm not an ATM machine. Don't come running to me every time you need something. I want us to work together and lock arms all the time, 24 seven, just like you're saying, Shana. And so my situation was learning to trust God as best I can 24-7. I actually will tell you, I haven't gotten it figured out. I don't think any of us have it 24-7 figured out. We still want to go out on our own. But like you said, we have to seek the Lord and know what's our role and responsibility, that authority. And then God will let us know what his is. I mean, he, he rules and reigns over all, but I had to be working with him at all time. And this is, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the little tip that I learned. This is like really practical. God just asked me to pause. <laughs> instead of me taking off and running with whatever idea I woke up with that morning. And I woke up with business ideas every morning. And by noon that day, we had websites and all this kind of stuff. And I think he just wanted me to pause because not every idea is worthy of action behind it. And I know some people won't want to hear that, but somebody needs to hear that. <laughs> so that's really how I understood the authority. And, and because for me, I needed to pause. And so now my life looks a lot different in that instead of go, go, go all the time, it's like get a thought idea, pause, seek the Lord, big word for me, seek, and then go, go at the pace too that God wants me to go on. And we work together on that. So I hope that addressed the, the question. It does. It does. And I want to unpack something that you said Um when you talked about what it was that you were experiencing in your life at that time, I refer to those as disruptions. Anytime we have an unexpected circumstance in our life, it's a disruption. But I believe that disruption is an invitation. The question is, is are we going to RSVP? <laughs> you know. And so I would love if you would, Tim, just for a second, if you would just kind of speak to the importance of recognizing that when the Lord does use whatever it is that he's going to use. And disruption doesn't always have to be bad. You think about Abram, yeah. you know, go to the place that I'll show you. He had no idea what it was, but he ultimately ended up becoming the father of many nations. I believe that sometimes when God asks us to shift, we might be making the most amount of money that we've ever made in our entire lives, but he's asking us to now, you know, lead somewhere different. So I would love for you just to talk a little bit about the importance of when you get that disruption in your life, and recognizing that God is inviting you into more, whatever that that more is. Talk a little bit more about the importance of that. And how did you discover that my re that me pausing is just as much action as doing? Yeah, that the reason that's such a great question, Shana, is and it's such a nice word that you use, disruption. When I think back to 2008, 9, 10, 11, I will tell you the word disruption was not the way I described it. It, it was gut-wrenching. 
I mean, my identity had been wrapped up in our success. It's it's something that I experienced just tremendous amount of shame because we had investors, we had banks, we had, I mean, you know, we we ended up losing that six thousand square foot home that we lived in in a country club, and 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 so just a lot of things went on there. But I I think the thing to I, I guess really look at is. I don't even know what I would call it as far as the disruption goes, but, but it really is, what is it that you put your trust in? Because I, I really found out that I put my trust in myself more than I should. And there's a word that comes to my mind here called brokenness. And, you know, listen, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a prosperity gospel type church after I got saved. And I really believe that God wants to prosper us and do well. But here's what I also know. This is what most people don't want to hear in the world we're in today is that God really can use tough times. He really can use those disruptions. He can use it. He didn't, he didn't bring 2008 on, but when it came on and he started seeing what was going on with Tim he said, now I've got his attention. Yes. Now I can do something with him. So it, I was really broken. Everything that I had put my faith in, my abilities, my talents, my skills, I learned that they did me very little to any good there. So th- the bottom line is the brokenness. I mean, less Tim, more him is kind of yeah. what, what that actually rhymes pretty good. That's the first time I've ever said that. You need a t-shirt. You know, I need a t-shirt, less Tim, more him, capital H, because it was a lot of Tim and some him is what it was most of the time. And listen, we, I, I love confidence in business. I love claiming things. I love standing on scripture. I love reading scripture. I just finished reading the four gospels again, but I could tell you some of us, need to be a little bit less of ourselves and more him because I think you brought this up in your book because I read God shift not too long ago is many times we get in our minds, especially those of us that are achievers and we like to move forward. We've got a time frame, We've got the way it's going to look. We know here's what's going to happen and we can, we can lay out all the plans and we could pretend or we could fake ourselves out thinking this is what God wants. And I think at times, I don't think he throws us a curveball, but I think he just reminds us, say, you know what? I am still in charge here. Yeah. And he's so committed to his results in our lives that he will use whatever it takes to get our attention. I think about those of us who are parents. Um, I only have one child, but I know, you know, people who have more than one child and what would get this child's attention is not going to be the same thing that's going to get another child's attention. And so when I think back to my own form of disruption in 2018, when the Lord was calling me to ministry, the only way that he was going to be able to get my attention for that invitation was to allow everything to dry up. Because if I would have continued to be invited to speak in all of the countries and do all the things and make all the money, I would have never paid attention to the fact that I was I was being called to ministry. And so he's like, you know what, this particular child, I can't whisper at her. I can't just give her a warning. I have to hit her over the head with a two by four if I'm going to get her attention. And I believe that that's the way he is with all of us. And so he probably knew, you know, with, with you, like, if I'm going to get his attention, and even if it wasn't that he needed you to do something different, if he just wanted you to shift that focus, that he's like, I know what I have to do to get his attention. He would ignore everything else. 
Yeah. And you know, I just, I just saw a stat that we crossed over, I think 8 billion people on this planet and there's probably 8 billion ways that I, I believe God is pursuing all of us at all times. Mm-hmm. I think the question is, are we going to be pursuing him? Yeah. And so I think he will identify ways that will either force or nudge or encourage <laughs> or draw us to him. And just, just some of us need a, a lot stronger magnet than others <laughs> might be the thing that's the problem. Some people are naturally going to be moving and they're very, you know, gentle with it. And then some of us need a big old 2008 crash two by four to the head to make it that's happen. Right. You can either shift or you can be shoved. <laughs> and yeah, and he's okay about, with either one. One thing about disruption that I've observed, Shane, I want to say this because I think this is important. In all the coaching and the leadership executive teams that I've worked with, I've observed that people make really significant change in two situations. Number one, it's a very concerted, focused effort, oftentimes with a coach or someone helping them like we do. That's a, that's a great way to do it. But a majority of people, they make change or significant change or have a shift in their lives. When something happens, they have a catalytic event. They have that disruption that you talk about, Mm -hmm. and it forces some degree of change. I mean, we were at a place, my wife and I were, all we had that we could do was to hit our knees, and we studied the Bible four to six hours a day because we had nothing else. There was nothing else for us to do in that big house that we were in the process of losing than to submit because we were broken. We were broken. And the only place we had to go was him. And again, he didn't force that, but he sure did reward it after a period of time. It makes me think of, there's a song by a popular gospel artist, Tasha Cobbs Leonard, and it's called Gracefully Broken. And Mm -hmm. it feels like that's that's what you're describing, you know, because um, you know, when when the breaking is happening, it doesn't feel good, you know, but once you're on the other side of it, you realize how much grace <laughs> was given, you know, in that break in that breaking and how beautiful the, the result is, you know, a- after after you're on the other side of it a little bit. So we're going to pause and take a quick break, Tim. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how everyone can begin to pull some of these things together in knowing how to walk in authority themselves. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. So, Tim, you have been um, blessed to do a lot of great things in your life, and you you know, have had to be a coach and a teacher, you know, anytime you're in leadership and business and ministry for over 40 years, you probably have had to teach people a thing or two. So I want to shift a minute um, into some tips and advice. So if someone is listening to this episode and they go, wow, Shana, has been able to figure out how she walks out the authority that God has given her? Tim has figured out how to walk in the authority that he recognizes that he has through the Lord, but I'm still struggling to figure out how I can use authority to shift things in my life. What would be the best tip that you would give them? 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a politician. I'm gonna give two instead of just one. Of course. Um, <laughs> there's there's two things that jump to my mind, Shana. The first one is something that people rarely do in our culture today, and that is just be still and quiet and do all that you can to listen. You know, we can call it prayer, you know, we can call it, you know, journaling. I mean, whatever it is for you. One of the things that I'm just really so much aware and of today now, Shana, is that there's not one answer for everyone. People need to identify their own. So if I if I were to sit here and say, I journal, someone's going to say, I need to journal. And if someone's going to, and you may need to, I mean, I think it's valuable, but I would just say in general, be still and quiet. Turn off the devices, turn off the whatever streaming. Um, don't turn off this podcast until you're done listening, finished listening to it and, and we're finished talking. But be still and quiet. And then the second piece to add on to it is I think you need to get someone that can speak into your life or or mentor coach role, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, some people it might be their pastor or something like that, but but Shane, I mean, so it could be you with people. I know you do this with people, and I, but find someone that you can bounce some things off of because I believe that today the role that the coach has is the closest thing to discipleship. And I just read through the gospels again. I was watching what Jesus did. I wanted to see what he does with all the disciples. You know what? He spent time with them. They talked. He spoke. He listened. And he discipled them. So I, I actually think we need more of that model in the world today. So those those are two things that I would recommend. I think that's so good. And I um, earlier this week, I was recording an episode of the podcast and the guest and I were talking about the importance of recognizing that when you are seeking counsel, that it's important to be able to distinguish when you need spiritual counsel and when you need practical counsel, because I believe that the best support and guidance that someone can give you is based on experience and expertise. And oftentimes I see people get spiritual counsel when they really should be getting practical counsel and vice versa. I say, you know, if you're trying to start a business and your pastor or your spiritual leader has never started the business, what is he going to tell you other than thus says the Lord? They might prophesy and tell you whether or not they feel like the timing is right. But, you know, what advice are they really going to give you if they don't have any experience or expertise in, in that area? So what would you say if someone is looking to identify someone that has the ability to speak into their life? What are a couple of things that they should look for in that well, person? I, yeah, I, there are three things. I talked about this in my novel. There are three things that, to me, a leader needs. Number one, they need to ha they have the ability to show love and compassion. So look for someone who's got love and compassion. Um, and, and that looks different for a lot of people. You can kind of find that information from a lot of people now. Number two, I think they need to have a faith. Now, when I say faith, I love what you said that, you know, it could be that you need a marketing person or it could be that you need a, a business technician or something like that. But I think they need to have faith. And here's how I define faith in the novel. It's not necessarily the spiritual. You, you've got to come to Jesus. I, I believe that. But faith to me is understanding that the world doesn't revolve around you. There's a bigger picture. And so whoever you're interacting with, if they're so self-consumed, self-absorbed, I don't think that's a good match for most people. And then um, the, the last one is that they operate out of place of rest 
and peace, not chaos. They they operate. I, I use the term Sabbath a little bit differently than folks. They are they are at rest and peace. They're not chaotic mm-hmm. all the time. I think if you look for those three things, I, I think it's really powerful. I was I was in Hollywood, California, working with someone on a on a um, a project. It was going to be a faith based type network. And I had the best compliment, Shane, I've ever heard because someone would not have said this about me 15 years ago. We were at their house. We stayed with these folks for a couple of days. And the guy looked at me and says, you know, he says, you are just so at peace and rest. He goes, we got a lot of stuff we've been working on here. We've, we've been going at it. And he goes, but you're just like peaceful and calm about things. And so I think people need to look for people that are at peace. They don't just stir the pot. And so those are, I think, a few things to look for. But, you know, find someone that the Lord matches you up with. I think that's probably important. That's a great, that's great advice. So any final words for the audience, Tim, before we begin to wrap up? You know, I I do want to say, be careful of comparison because there could be someone listening here and they might be saying, Shana is the greatest thing ever. And I do think she is, but I need to do exactly like Shana or Tim. That guy was pretty cool and all that. He lives in RV and all this kind of stuff. I need to do like him. Maybe, but in all likelihood, you must walk your own path. Now, it might be some tidbits and nuggets that you picked up from this conversation, but don't compare. Seek your own journey because I believe that God has a purpose and design specifically for your life. It is specific and unique. It's not Tim's. It's not Shana's. It's yours. So seek after your purpose and your path. That's really good, Tim. I believe that I think I said this in my book is that if you're looking to someone else for anything other than inspiration, you're really going to find yourself, you know, tripping and falling because my path is probably not your path and the timing may not necessarily be, you know, the the same either. So you you find yourself looking to someone else to duplicate what they have done, expecting to get the same results. And then it doesn't happen. And then you're even more frustrated, even more frustrated than you were to begin with. So where can people follow you, Tim? Well, they can find me almost anywhere, but uh, the best place to go just to get some resources is timwinders.com, just timwinders.com. And the thing I'd love for them to do is go there and that links over to the podcast, which is Seat Go Create. We talk leadership. We've got great guests like Shana Rattler that show up on our podcast and we have long conversations about the God shift and other leaders and people in business. We kind of bring business leadership and the kingdom of God all together uh, over there at Seat Go Create. And then another thing I'm kind of, this is very interesting for me. I wrote a novel called Coach, A Story of Success Redefined. It's got some inspirational themes. It's about a man's journey and going through things. And and people can actually go to timwinders.com and they could download. They could go where it says book. They could download the first chapter for free. Check it out. See if they like the style. And uh, and then hopefully go buy about 20 copies for, um, for them and all their friends. Awesome. Well, I will make sure that the links to that are in the show notes so that all they have to do is click it and go straight to it. But Tim, thank you so much for returning the favor and blessing my audience with your nuggets. I know that they are going to be blessed by it. Um, Review, write a review for this. Tell us what you love about it. Make sure that you remember to share this episode as well. And I look forward to seeing everyone back on the next episode. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.